welcome to Sipping Equality, a podcast by Heritage High School Grow Up. Um, and this is our third episode this season. And I'm joined today by two members of Kayatronics, our school's robotic team, FRC team 8816, to talk about um, women's stuff. Yes. Um, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Priyanka. Members. Oh, the captain and vice captain. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm Rebecca. I'm the president of the Heritage High School chapter of Grow Up, and I'm also a member of Team 8816. So that's cool. You guys want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I'm Kyle Um I'm a junior at Heritage right now, and uh, the founder and captain of FRT Team uh, Kyatronics. Uh, Anir, you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Anirudh. I am also a junior at Heritage High School, and I am the vice captain of FRC Team 8816 Kyotronics, and I'm so, so glad to be here. I'm glad you guys are here, too. All right, so today we're going to be talking about STEM, and I'm really excited to talk about this one, especially with people who enjoy STEM, uh, because like this is my favorite topic with gender equality and all. So one thing I wanted to start off with was just talking about how it is right now with women in STEM. And there are some statistics for more. I have them. And one that I found really interesting was that 74% of girls expressed interest in pursuing a STEM career, but only 27% of all STEM workers are women. And then that's like yeah. But yeah, that was when I found particularly surprising. And I wanted to ask you guys like what reasons do you think there are that like stop women from getting into the STEM field? Right. So um one thing that hits uh, home to me about this topic is that I have uh, an older sister who's like hardcore into STEM. So a lot of what we're going to talk about, um, I've seen uh, her battle through. So uh, it's like really important that uh, as time moves on, a lot more people, specifically girls and women and underrepresented groups in STEM feel more comfortable and uh, they feel greater like encouragement and that drive to chase the opportunities that are within STEM. So that's something that uh, both I personally and the entire team, uh, robotics team wants to chase after. Uh, it's one of our goals uh, as we grow. Oh, can I add anything? Uh, you know, yeah, I completely agree with Kyle. That is uh, really something our robotics team is aiming to do right now. Um, especially as we um, head into next year. Okay, okay, uh, I'll speak a bit louder. Okay. Um, so one thing I wanted to add personally is that one thing reason why I think that there are like women are discouraged from joining STEM. I found this one thing. Okay. Um, I found this one thing and it said that um, it was by Harvard. Yeah. 
and it says there are like five biases that stopped women from going into STEM and that's they're actually two. Yeah. And one of the ones that like I really resonated with personally um, was the prove it again bias, which is like women have to repeatedly prove that they are competent compared to their you know, counterparts. And no offense, like in anything. But it does feel like a lot of times that is the case. Like I have to prove myself over and over again, like to show that I'm able to do things. Does that make sense? Have you guys like witnessed anything like that before? Definitely. Um, so in my freshman year school in Dallas, um, which was like really competitive, it was dedicated to STEM topics. Um, there I noticed um, very frequently that the girls there in my class, um, in the specifically in the uh, um, super uh, super classroom, which is like the highest uh, accelerated classes you can take, um, they they had that competitive nature. But I noticed a lot of them feeling stressed out in comparison to the male peers. Uh, in that, like every single time, they felt a stronger need to get a hundred more than the boys in my class. And I feel like that ties in with this prove it again bias, you know, maybe um, most of these girls um, in that class were feeling pressured that in order to be seen as equal, they had to, you know, you know, reach the top of their class and stuff like that. So that's definitely something that I might've come across. I wanted to talk about right now. And that was like, Another thing that like keeps women out of STEM is like a conflict between personal and professional life. For example, like many women are also working mothers and um, there are like a lot of expectations out of women that like they have to work and do a lot of domestic things as well. So like, what do you think society's like expectations, like how do you think they affect STEM? Um, so it's like, if we're going to go like all scientific or, or like historical or whatever, we can like trace it all the way back to like the general, um, the general like ideology that during, back during the hunter-gatherer's time, it was like stereotypical of like the male people to go out and hunt and like kill the animals and blah, 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 and do all that physical stuff while the women were meant to do the less physical stuff. And like, that's been like embedded way back since then in like general like society. It's been seen like very evidently um, all across history and all, all over the world really. Um, and I think that's what's still influencing um, like that idea that women have to do both domestic stuff and this stuff, it's no longer like you can you can evidently see like a progressive growth, but it's still I feel like it might be like putting two boxes on something that's supposed to hold one box, and like it might be really hard. It's like saying that you're not supposed to do this. Uh, it's like you're, it's like saying to women that you're not supposed to do STEM stuff, and it's like underlyingly pressuring them out of it is what I can see from it. So um, that's something that's been embedded in like general stuff um, since forever. And like, that's definitely what 
holds a lot of people back. Yeah, definitely agree. And, um, yeah, I also completely agree with Kailash. Uh, there's this like stereotype in society that you know women should be in these certain roles, but you know that's completely unfair. And this these stereotypes are honestly affecting women as like I've I have a feeling that some of those statistics you mentioned are mostly caused by the fact that there are these stereotypes that women shouldn't be in the role in the first place. So and those those are completely unfair. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to add on to that. Um, one big thing for me, like in my personal story and all, um, up until middle school, I thought that STEM was just for boys. And I I didn't like science. I thought it was for nerds, you know, for the boys to enjoy. And that's because I ne never had like a role model. So I think another thing that society, like because there are so many stereotypes and stuff. Um, I never really had a proper role model to tell me that like, hey, STEM is for you. And um, so I, I found like a really late start on like learning about science and learning about technology and engineering and math because I just thought that I would naturally be bad at it. Like my first ever B, I guess, was like science in fifth grade and everything. So, um, yeah, those stereotypes do end up being super harmful from like my perspective, because gender shouldn't dictate what you get into, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that I see like, you know, going all over the place is that it's though it's like I can see where these people are arguing from when they say that um, you know, almost all of the professions that were taken up by men that, you know, create the actual functioning world that we're in, you know, the examples that people list are like bricklaying, you know, road construction, all this stuff is like most likely. And I mean, I, it, it makes sense that most of these jobs, um, if not all of them were taken up by men and people say that, like, should we involve women in that too? And like, how come they're not taking part in that? but on another level. I do notice that and I, I understand where they're coming from, but then it, it also, you also have to consider that um, opportunities are what dictate who can do what. So the fact that like uh, these stereotypes limited people, like limited these women from way back then, uh, all that time ago, like that restricted the chance even for pe these people to demonstrate their ability to help out, you know, so like, you don't really have to physically show. Um, you don't. You don't like have to participate directly in something to show that you have the skill necessary. I mean, you just need that chance, uh, and that's what's like been restricted uh, very heavily. And it's slowly starting to grow, but it still has a lot of room to improve nowadays. Yeah, definitely, and I think that goes a little bit into education for all of us because that those like roles start like in other countries and all they start going into like, hey, you shouldn't just be at school. You're supposed to be at home. You're supposed to learn to cook. You're supposed to learn to clean, and you know the whole going to be a sandwich ordeal. Um, yeah. Anyone else want to add anything? One. Yeah, that was 
we already talked about that. So, do you guys have any like personal stories that you witnessed in general of just like, or like, of like women going into STEM or just like women role models going into STEM and stuff like that? Um, do you guys want to share? Um, yeah, sure, I can go. Um, one of my biggest role models in, in like life in general itself uh, is my older sister, like I mentioned previously. Uh, um, not only is she a role model in like STEM, but she just shows like that if you just are determined enough, you can overcome anything that comes in your way. And that's like an example of that is how she, uh, you know, demonstrated that she's just as capable, if not more capable than everyone else um, in like her um, interest. You know, because um, how you become capable is you put your interests and you combine that with hard work. Uh, and uh, then when you do, like, when you have enough dedication, you'll be, you'll find some sort of opportunity to show, uh, you know, how much you know and how much you want to know and learn about something. So my older sister, uh, she, um, um, from a very young age, was always a STEM person. Uh, she, you know, like what I remember of her when I was a little kid was like she used to, you know, practice her um, like geometry and stuff way before any other typical person in her age would. And like she would get ahead in math and get way ahead in science and stuff like that. And she would be learning about topics that even her upperclassmen would be just starting to learn. So um, it was evident that it is evident that there are more girls right now who are like slowly gonna become uh, bigger role models and make it easier for future young women to, you know, find that it, it, it is like possible to be successful. And it's not like, you know, despite difficulties, that doesn't mean you can't do what you want to do. So there's like, definitely like it's growing right now. Um, uh, and my older sister uh, is like what I've seen all my childhood that as long as like you care enough, as long as you put in of time um, and the opportunities will come to you if you're that dedicated you'll find it yourself automatically so that's one key thing that is you know necessary in the pioneers of uh, growing uh, more women in STEM is that you need to be way more dedicated than your counterparts uh, in order to you know even out the status quo yeah definitely definitely I one story I want to share is of my mom and my sisters um, so my mom was the first one, like, in my entire family to move overseas, and, like, she was the first one to get a STEM degree, I think, like, first one in my family. I don't know if that's completely correct or not, but basically, my mom, um, my mom's older sister and my mom's younger sister, she's actually staying with us right now, um, they're all women in STEM, and my mom was like a physics major. I don't know how she did it, but <laughs> my mom was a physics major and she she went into computer science afterwards, came here, and she she still works in like software engineering. So she's just been a massive role model to me because of the fact that like she like and the thing was like her parents were supportive about it too. Not like you think that like a lot of like traditional Indian parents like in India way back when would like not 
support, I guess. So the fact that she like she came here on her own, she after getting her degree and stuff, and then she like she like built herself up as a woman in STEM. She's like massive inspiration to me. She was the person who told me to like not give up on science. And then I found like, hey, I like science. I like technology. I like engineering and all that. And that that without like her as like a role model for me, like I don't think I would have gone into STEM at all. So I I'm really grateful for that. And then my mom's older sister is more in healthcare than STEM, but she still like works with robotic surgery. And when I'm visiting her this summer, I actually get to see one, so that's super cool. Um, and my mom's younger sister also does software engineering. So all three of them really like changed like the expectation for women in that family. And I think they're really inspiring for me. So that was one story I wanted to share. Yeah. All right. And um, going back to <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Um, going back to like the whole bias thing, it's role models like these, like the ones that we mentioned, that help break that cycle. That like, hey, like there's a stereotype: women shouldn't go into STEM, and then women don't go into STEM. Then there's a lack of role models for women who do want to go into STEM, and they think that this is for them. That's like a self-perpetuating cycle. And it's like role models, like the ones we mentioned, like your sister and my mom, her sisters, um, that help break that cycle. So one thing I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask both of you was, how can we uh, like help encourage women to go into STEM? And I think this is like a good place to mention like what Kyotronics does too. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Okay, so uh, one thing that uh, we can, since there's so many like stereotypes that are keeping women out of STEM, one thing that we as not only as a team, but as a society should do is try to fight these stereotypes. And that's what that's especially one of the things our team is trying to do. But even though we have a um, uh, majority of guys, um, the majority of our team is guys, uh, we are planning to host things such as STEM nights specifically for women in STEM. Uh, we have also done specific women in STEM events, one of them being the one we did with you guys uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, overall, these events will just help, you know, break the stereotype that um, women shouldn't be allowed or women aren't in the STEM industry and um, also promote um, more and more people, especially in our school, to join uh, uh, STEM programs and um, our team too. Yeah, one thing that I noticed a lot, and, and it, it is evident in our own school, is that there are a lot of interested, you know, uh, young women who who are very like, in, like you know, like want to dive deep into STEM and stuff like that, and, and uh, are really, really talented in math and science. But, uh, and, and obviously like if you're, if you're that deep into it, it, it all makes sense that you'd be searching for opportunities. But a lot of times 
these opportunities either are look daunting and like look difficult for you know women to chase after, or they're just simply not out there and not evident enough, you know, visible enough for them to find. So some of the things that can be done both inside our team and outside in general are that if you like if you can help if you know people who are interested definitely you know if connect them to people connect them to opportunities um and in our team setting definitely make it like way more um equal to the eye so i wouldn't uh i wouldn't necessarily dis i wouldn't make it to the point where you discourage boys from participating because I feel like regardless, boys will participate. Uh, but either way, that's still the wrong way to go about it. Um, it's better to incorporate um, logic and, and you know methods that um, promote, like make help women and, and young women feel like that they are needed and that their opinion and, and their input can make a significant change in progress, you know. So um, things that can help with that are, you know, great like surveys and, and stuff like that dedicated to women in STEM. We, we may um, chase after putting out surveys um, around our school, uh, asking, you know, the young women in our school what they feel uh, about opportunities around them and, and, you know, simple stuff like that, just information gathering and, and based on that, uh, people and groups can like you know make changes internally and just make it easier to integrate more women in in their in their own society. So right. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh, what you said about like it's not about discouraging boys, it's about just encouraging and making sure that women are heard. I completely agree with that. <laughs> Tongue tied. <laughs> agree with agree with that because that's like the general definition of feminism. It's not about putting pushing someone off a pedestal just to get someone else on there, but it's about getting everyone on that same pedestal. And yeah, that's what like that's definitely something to emphasize, especially with like gender roles and occupations, especially STEM. And yeah, and Kyotronics is doing Tyatronics is doing a lot to advocate for women in STEM, like as a member perspective. I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add in general about women in STEM? Uh, one thing I will say is um, the more we uh, promote and eventually it, it will come to a point where uh, we'll, like the that bias that you know women should not be in STEM will go away to a, a really large extent eventually. But um, one thing that like would really help with that is if these like gender specific roles are broken down into pieces that can be like interchanged with both roles. You know, so it if let's say let's take an example like a small family where we have a mother who wants to, um, you know, take the into an engineering degree or something like that. Uh, but she's also responsible for, you know, I don't know, responsible for dropping 
her kids or something at school or something. And, and that's coming in her way uh, with her like degree ideas and stuff like that. So instead of like, you know, throwing that role off, you know, obviously not every family dedicates that role to uh, women, you know, even in my own family, most of the dropping and picking up happens with my dad. But um, in the in in the flip side, though, for other families, like it should, I feel like simple stuff like that, simple, really simple tasks. That's what I meant by you know, breaking it down. Um, if if like we can break down the like the load that is already upon women, and start like moving things around, it becomes a lot easier for greater participation. So that's like one that's like one of the more hands-on things that. Uh, we'll have to look out for as we like grow older uh, and you know more people um, start involving themselves in STEM so that's like something that definitely everyone has to consider as like you know the number of women in STEM actually do start growing yeah and another thing I think like one thing I wanted to add was like a barrier we needed to break and those were the traditional chromosomes but like these are um like traditional gender roles. So in the workplace, based off that Harvard thing I mentioned earlier, like the five biases that push women out of STEM, it says that women are essentially walking this tightrope. And if they go too far, they have to like be masculine and masculine enough to be proven competent, but they can't be like too, like one of the guys, you know, um, because that's a whole thing story but like um they can't be one of the guys because they're one of the guys and they're just seen as unlikable so they have to they associate genders with specific traits like masculinity with competency that's a word right yeah that's a word um and they associate like femininity with like likability so a lot of things that happen in like male-dominated workplaces in general is that women have to juggle being like one of the guys, but also being like girly enough to be likable. And that's something that goes with the whole double standard thing as well. Um, I love talking about the gender double standard, but anyway, um, that's definitely something that needs to be paid attention to to like encourage more women to go into STEM because without that, then there's just gonna be this like wall, like we're gonna, it's gonna be harder to get women into STEM, like no matter how much you advocate for it. And another thing, and there are being steps like being made today too, like, you know, like a lot of people say like women are more likely to get accepted for like STEM majors and stuff. and one thing I've heard whenever my like relatives say like, oh, you're definitely get you you're the girl, you're doing STEM. And I'm like, I don't want to get it because I'm a girl. I want to get it because I'm good. And that's another thing. Like, don't downplay saying that like, oh, it's only because you're a girl and not like, um, not, <laughs> not doing. only because you're a girl and not because you're like have achievements and stuff like that. And that's another thing that needs to be addressed if we want to get more to STEM. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add on you? 
and uh, all right, cool. So I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys for joining me again. It was really fun to talk about this, and um, I hope you guys had fun. Yeah, it was. Um, I feel like some sometimes talking about stuff helps bring uh, things that need to be addressed back to like the front of your head and you start thinking about how you can apply it again actively. So it's a, it's a good thing that um, we are talking like this. Yeah, I completely agree. I would also like to thank you for inviting us onto your podcasting. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yep. Thank you so much, Priyanka. Yeah. And uh, to the people who listen to the podcast, our final episode for the season will be in June and it is focused on Pride Month. So stay tuned for that episode and thank you for listening to this episode. Cue the music.